Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Columbus, Georgia, and it is time for the TT Time with Dr. Tarver is a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. We are continuing our October episodes this month as we are focusing on emotional wellness. We talked last week with Dr. Wiata about fertility and how fertility issues can affect women and families. We are going to be talking this week about toxic relationships and how that can affect our emotional wellness. And we will be continuing the series with some other topics that I know will be of great interest to you. But without further ado, I would like to introduce the topic for today, which is Save Yourself Black Man, Overcoming the Toxicity of Past Relationships. It is my sincere pleasure to introduce to some and welcome to others, Anthony Jameson Smith, pastor and author, who is a bivocational pastor of two ministries in the metro Atlanta area. He is changing the spectrum of the cliche that misery loves company while discovering his own happiness by overcoming toxicity of past relationships. He now knows that happiness loves company too. Anthony is the founder of Love and Relationships podcast, where he engages people from all levels of failed relationships. His podcast has helped numerous people overcome everyday life circumstances in their relationships. His dedication as a relationship mentor continues to lead people back to a place of wholeness. Welcome, Pastor Smith. Thank you, Dr. Tarver. So honored to join you on this podcast, and I am eternally grateful for that. Well, I appreciate you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy man. You were just down in Columbus to promote your book, but we'll get to that. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Um, so I wanted to let people know, I know that when you all saw this topic for today, Save Yourself Black Men, I want to make sure that you are clear we are not referring to the movement that, uh, that um, was popularized by Kevin Samuels when there is this notion that Black women are destroying Black men's lives with feminism and um, trying to attack you and make you be something that you're not. So this is not this, folks. What we're going to be talking about today is that we recognize that relationships can be unhealthy. We can pick partners that are toxic for us um, and that those kind of relationships can be detrimental to our health. So what we're going to be addressing today is ways to overcome those hurtful, toxic relationships and move toward a happy, loving life that we all deserve. So let's get into it, sir. When you describe a toxic relationship that you're helping people overcome from, what are the characteristics? We'll start there. What are some of the characteristics that may be considered toxic in a relationship? Well, you know, some of your smaller characteristics that turn to bigger things are small things like trust. Mm. Um, small things like giving the solid treatment. Mm. And I know a lot of times we don't think about that, but so many times where that person is trying to communicate with you, you give them a solid treatment because you're trying to uh, aggravate them to some degree, which is probably based off what's inside of you, um, what level of, of, of trauma you may have dealt with in your past that now has come into your future relationship. And so those are a lot of different things that, um, that start off small, and then they, they graduate to the bigger thing. So um, you figure if a person don't trust, then that means they're going to always uh, try to find something wrong in that relationship. 
and then that'll turn to their insecurity. And then the insecurity turns into uh, violence. And so there you have it. Now they're yelling at each other. They're saying things that that they probably should not say just because they're trying to, uh, what they feel like they're helping themselves while hurting someone else. Now you are speaking a true word right there as you talk about uh, this mistrust that we have, that we bring into relationships. It doesn't have necessarily anything to do with you who I'm dating currently, but because I've been hurt in the past, because people have lied to me or hurt me or used me or taken advantage of me in the past and I don't trust people that I'm currently in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. So then you are paying for that experience. And a lot of people, and I'm glad you brought this up because a lot of people do not feel that the silent treatment is anything that's negative or potentially toxic in a relationship. But you are essentially withholding attention to try to manipulate a person to get a response. Exactly. Exactly. You, you know, and, and I think a lot of times, you know, we've been taught, you know, by our parents. And, and I, I tell people all the time, Doc, everything our parents taught us or everything we learned from them don't necessarily work now. Mm -hmm. Some principles are great to continue to have, but then there are some things where you you know you got you got to you got to filter through that because uh, I, I do know of some parents who have taught their children <clears throat> that when something like that happens in a relationship or or a dispute or something, they you know they try to tell them just become quiet and don't say anything. Mm -hmm. Well, you got to know who you're dealing with as far as communication, effective communication. Absolutely. And there are so many people who who have not learned how to effectively communicate. So sometimes they're thinking that me getting silent will help the situation, and you just have to know, you know, what works for that relationship. Absolutely. And and you speak on this, how we were raised, what we saw. Right? And oftentimes we don't realize we're continuing on unhealthy, unhealthy patterns we saw in our childhood. So we may have seen adults withhold attention. Right. We may have seen adults internalize things and they come out in passive aggressive ways. So I'm not going to say anything about it but I'm not going to wash your clothes. I'm going to wash everybody else's clothes in the house, but I'm not going to wash your clothes. Right. Or I'm going to make dinner for everybody else, but I'm going to not make dinner for you. Mm -hmm. And so it's coming out in these unhealthy ways. So I'm trying to communicate um, in more destructive ways as opposed to just sharing, hey, that hurt me, that frustrated me. And so if I haven't addressed that from my childhood, then it absolutely is going to show up in my relationship with you. And what, I mean, what do you feel like happens when you are in a toxic relationship like that, uh, what are some of the effects that it can have on you? This not effectively communicating, we're being passive aggressive, or you mentioned aggressive, like sometimes we start to get violent um, right. to try to get people's attention. What do you think are some of the, the outcomes of being in a relationship with someone who is in that unhealthy space? Um, you, you know, I, I think people will, will, you know, develop some form of uh, unhealthy anxiety, mm. uh, depression, you know, low self-esteem, a lot of different, a lot of different things that may happen, you know, uh, person second guessing themselves. And then, you know, that, that may be a second guess in the relationship, but then now you become a person that is not effectively performing on your job. 
it 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 affects the workplace. It affects school for the children. All of these different things that come into play for that. Absolutely. So now it's bleeding over. So if we Correct. have children together, um, maybe we we might work together. Uh, maybe worship together. Um, we're socializing with people, holiday functions or other gatherings. And so now it's bleeding over into the spaces that we go into. So it's not it just the isolation. Mm. You know, people isolate themselves because it's almost like um, there's a family function or a friendly function. And rather than me attend that function because I got to be in your presence, then sometimes, you know, that person will end up isolating themselves. And, you know, isolation in some levels are good when you need it. But when you're running from something and you isolate yourself, mm -hmm shut yourself off to people, then that, that becomes more uh, um, direct from your, the toxic relationship that you may be a part of. And as you said, there isn't necessarily anything wrong with taking space, all right? So if I need a moment, I know that I'm not in a position to have a healthy conversation with you. I don't want to speak to you when I'm angry, particularly if I'm angry about stuff that doesn't have anything to do with you. So I say, hey, um, can we table this till later? Let me get a chance to uh, calm myself down and work through whatever I may be experiencing. And then I'll come and talk to you when I've had a chance to really reflect myself so you don't get all of this just emotional garbage piled on top of you. That's appropriate. Take that time. Let your partner know, hey, I'll come back to this point. We'll discuss. But what I'm hearing you say is when I'm now avoiding. Correct. Correct. not addressing the issues. And so they're just building over here. People will often say, we don't resolve things. Right. So we keep having these same arguments, these same conversations over and over and over again. And it doesn't feel like we're moving and you start to feel trapped. Right. When you're right. not making any progress. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I, I think a lot of times, you know, we, we choose to go to, I, I, I want to say, even for the people who are listening, I want to say that there's never a time too late for therapy. Mm -hmm. There's never a time too late. I think within, our, within the confines of our own thought process, we sometimes think it's too late. And so we end up not doing it sooner, uh, as soon as we should have, to learn the different techniques to be able to use, to learn how to respect each other's space, to learn how to have uh, effective communication with each other and being able to work as a team. So that is you all's uh, weekly plug for therapy. Thank you so much, Pastor, for uh, bringing that out. Uh, I, I think that it is important for us to recognize that we weren't all taught how to communicate. That's not something that you're just born with. Those are skills that you develop through practice, um, through honing and refining them over time and making sure that you are working with someone that can give you healthy skills. Uh, you, you talk about, hey, I'm, I'm serving as a relationship mentor. We know that everybody that serves in the role of guidance isn't necessarily healthy. And so you wanna make sure that you are working with people that are trained and healthy and are going to allow you to grow in areas as opposed to passing on more toxic things to you, right? So we don't need the amen corner some of us have friends, and this can contribute to toxic relationships too. We have friends engaging in toxic behaviors. And so they normalize for us throwing things 
when you get upset. They normalize going through your phone and going through your drawers and um, tearing your car all up. They normalize uh, talking to you in a disrespectful way. I was at one music fest this weekend and I was absolutely appalled. You know, well, this is an open space where there are a lot of people. And this woman was literally berating this man um, about how he didn't have good oral sex skills, how he didn't offer her anything for all the world to hear. And, and that part of me that that hates to see people hurting because I got empath characteristics, wanted to be like, save yourself, black man. Come on. Wow. Come on. Just leave. Don't. Don't ever allow anyone to degrade and talk to you in that kind of way, because I know that if she's doing this publicly like this, she has no problems doing this privately. This isn't the first time she's talked to you like this. Right. And, and, and I think, again, we have to always remember that, you know, being being toxic, it, it comes from a deeper place, mm -hmm. comes from a, a much deeper place. Um, I think I, I, I think that when when as I said before, when we don't handle the past trauma, mm -hmm. you, you know, and even though we may suppress it, somewhere somewhere we still we still have those triggers that are connected to the trauma, and it it you know somebody can say something to you, and it a trigger, or somebody can do something that will trigger the trauma. And, you know, if you if you have not talked about it, if you have mm -hmm. not had therapy for or you have not uh, dealt with it in some other manner to be healthy about it, then, you know, you're going to now go toe to toe in, in being toxic, you know. Absolutely. You, you mentioned that trauma piece. And, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who didn't have power mm -hmm. growing up. Power was stripped from them. Um, boundaries were violated. Uh, they had to fight mm -hmm. to survive. Um, and, and you learn survival skills to keep yourself safe. Right. And one of those survival skills is to put some distance between you and a person. And one way to do that is through anger, through aggression, mm -hmm. whether that's verbal or physical. So I can get you off of me if I create this space where I'm attacking you then you're either going to back down, you're going to leave, right. or we're going to both get physical. And then at some point that'll end. And a lot of people feel like, okay, once that's over, then we can, the lovemaking can begin. Um, and that's part of that toxic cycle too, because we have this trauma, as you mentioned, that we haven't dealt with. And so we don't recognize when we're safe and when we're in danger, everything feels like danger. Right. E even, you know, even the acceptance, you may not be the toxic person, mm. but if you accept, you know, the toxicity coming from someone else, then then you, you're actually now helping them even become more toxic with you. And that that could that really could be dangerous uh, on all levels. I think I think at the end of the day, we, we have to, again, deal with it in such a way because. If nobody respects you, then that is probably going to be one of one of their greatest avenues to always be toxic with you. And that's a good point as well, um, is the other side of that, right? So we have fight, flight, freeze. Um, and so, you know, maybe I just freeze. Maybe I feel like, okay, well, the storm will pass if I'm just still, you, you were alluding to this earlier. So if I'm avoiding, I don't really deal with it. 
um, you know, I get less injury. So I just let you go ahead and erupt uh, and let you get it out your system. And then you'll be able to be okay for at least a little while. And yes, some people have absolutely normalized. Like that's, this is what happens when people uh, feel, some people will say, well, they're just really passionate. And so, um, you know, even though it's aggressive behavior, if I grew up in an environment that was traumatic where I just learned, like you said, to normalize this experience, then, okay, well, I'm just going to allow you to be in that space. One, maybe because I don't want to add or I don't think I um, uh, or I think I'm doing things that could add and I don't want to. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to rock the boat, if you will. I don't want to do anything that could trigger you. And so I sit over here in my space and I'm quiet. Why is it that you think people, particularly Black men, end up in relationships with people that may be toxic? Well, you know, I can't speak for anybody else. If, if, just your, if just I yourself. Be, be transparent yes, within sir. myself. Mm -hmm. you, you know, for me, I'm a person, I'm a, I'm a lover, and I love hard. Mm -hmm. And so the worst thing you could do to me is, you know, a failed relationship. That's mm. that's tough. Mm. And so generally, um, I, I used to think it was a character trait, but later I discovered that it's actually a character flaw that mm. you allow people to continue to pile stuff on you, mm. end up taking too much, too long. And so in, in my own understanding of it, in my own brokenness, my own rejection and in my own abandonment issues, then you allow yourself to come into a relationship. And it seemed awesome at first, mm. but it only takes a few times for this person to begin to say certain things to you that that is really trying to break your break your 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 sense of of, of believing in who you are. Mm. And so I think I think a lot of times we end up staying in that because we didn't deal with the previous brokenness. Mm -hmm. And you try to figure it out, you try to work through the turbulence. And um again, some of that can be very dangerous because that person, if that person is violent, you may not be a person who's going to react to their violence, but eventually you know you can't continue to allow them to do certain things to you, and then you start now have to go into survival mode. And then now it's, it's you know, the survival of the fittest. And so that comes at every, every spectrum because if you say bad things to me, then now I have to say more bad things to you. You, you know what I'm saying? And so mm -hmm. these are the things that we end up doing as, as you know, Black men in our culture. And, and I, I will say that I, I believe that a lot of us, you know, want to try to work through the differences because we've been taught as a man, we're supposed to take certain stuff off of women. Mm. And somewhere we misassociated that with, if she talked to me in any kind of way, she must love me. Mm. Mm. That's a, that's a mm. grave misconception. Yeah. That's a grave misconception. And, and, and vice versa, you know, if a man does it to a female, you, you know, you have to look mm -hmm. deeper into that to see yeah. the true essence of it. I appreciate you so much saying that. I'm always uh, reminded of 
Cardi B's lyric, uh, she says, ninjas love a toxic bee. Um, and, and the truth is, yes, uh, some of the ways that I believe some like black Kevin men were Gates. social. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you know, I, I think his, mm -hmm. his, his, his saying was, you know, be, I'm a little toxic, but you're going to love it over here. Yeah. And, and mm -hmm. women, women are now, some women are internalizing that. Mm -hmm. So what they're basically saying is, you, you know, I'm going to put up because I like you a lot or I like you in this mm -hmm. manner, mm -hmm. I'm going to put up with the level of toxicity that you may bring. And again, like you said, if I believe, if I've been socialized to believe that that's part of being in a relationship. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I do think that there are a lot of black women who say, well, when you're dealing with a black woman, we, we have a little attitude, we have a little edge. And so it, it can sometimes become a mantra. Now, where it comes from, as you said, is out of this trauma. I wasn't allowed to have a voice at points in my life. So I want to be able to have an, a voice as an adult. However, you know, we go on the other side of the spectrum where I haven't learned how to have a voice in a healthy way. I don't have to put you down, demean you, um, scream at you, curse at you, uh, break things, cut up stuff in order for me to be heard and, or seen. Um, right. And also tearing you down does not make you less likely to leave me because mm -hmm. I often there's that fear of being abandoned that ultimately you're going to leave me. So if I can try to control as many things as I can control in this, um, then you won't, you won't go anywhere. Right. Now, I, I think, uh, again, if, if we look closest to the premise of toxic, being toxic, that's that exactly what it is mm -hmm. to gain control. And when people sometimes may feel like they are not in control, mm -hmm. it causes them to act out in, in different manner. And so we, we just, we definitely have to look closer at those particular traits that are going on. I think in, in, as, as black men in America now, again, we've, we've been taught that, you know, you got to put up with a little bit of that. And, mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't, I definitely don't agree with it at this point because you don't hurt what you love. Come on, sir. You don't. You don't hurt what you love. Mm -hmm. You don't. You don't tear down what you love. Yeah. And I, I believe now, when we think about it, even in some of our past relationship, if you if you go back and look at it, you you know you got to remember if I allowed it to start, and I never dealt with it, it kept growing. Absolutely. So. You know, whatever, if, if you're not willing to confront it, then you'll never change it. And so sometimes confronting it may mean that our relationship may have to be over. You know, and, and if that's the case, if we're not, if we're not building each other up to where we should be as a unit, then it may be best to walk away from each other. And I think at that point, Everybody still need to go and get the therapeutic help that they need. Absolutely. You make an excellent point about recognizing this pattern and addressing it. Because 
all of us have things that we're going to need to improve on, right? We're ever growing, ever learning, ever changing. So we need to be able to receive feedback about ourselves. Maybe I didn't recognize my tone when I said that. Um, maybe I am not recognizing that, oh, people don't talk to each other like this in all relationships. These are just what was modeled to me growing up. So as you bring to my attention, hey, uh, your, your words are, are biting. Um, you're saying some some things that are very hurtful. A person has an opportunity because we choose to do things. Right. A person has an opportunity to say, oh, my goodness, you know, I don't I don't mean to be hurtful to you like that. Um, let me go work on that. Let me address that. Uh, that's a different story. However, if you bring it to someone's attention and that is met with um, defensiveness or that is met with minimizing what you're saying. Oh, you're just soft, weak. You you can't stand up to a little. You know, if it's if it's met with things that are more toxic as opposed mm -hmm. to an opportunity to grow, then you're right. It is possibly that we may be better served by not being together. We have a hard time letting go of relationships. You alluded to this earlier, and I want to sit in that space for a little moment. That it's difficult to end something. Um, when you've started a, a committed relationship and you've been with this person trying to work on things, it can be really challenging to leave even if it's unhealthy. Well, you you know, you don't you don't know you don't know the outcome. Mm. And so because some people don't know the outcome, then they're willing to kind of and again, somewhere we learn that though. That's a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. Somewhere we learn, take it they're going to change mm. somewhere. We, somewhere we learn that, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I think at the end of the day, you, you know, when it comes to having to walk away, you know, after you've done all you can do, after you have, 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 um, tried certain levels of, of, uh, intervention and you, you know, and I think people think only married people should go to counseling. Mm hmm I strongly recommend people now, even, even in new dating, because th this whole new dating process out here is totally different. Yes, but a lot of those particular people, I tell them even now, you know, you, you may have to go through a session while you're just friends. Mm -hmm. So you can discover uh, some things that you can uh, perhaps, you know, work on or, or move away from. And then that way you have not gotten so far into the relationship you have not gotten so far gone in building and then that's why it's tough because it's 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 definitely a loss and mm -hmm. just as people go through divorce divorce is a loss and i tell everybody everybody lose in a divorce mm -hmm. no matter what the kids everybody lose and I, I just think when you when you're looking at that to be able to say if we have to walk away, then we should we should be willing to do that for the betterment of each other. And that's that piece about choosing your health, right? Because I, you're absolutely correct in that some brothers have been taught, like, hey, um, stay with it. Just like mm -hmm. some sisters have been taught, stay with it. Don't give up on a person. Um, we all make mistakes. None of us is perfect. Um, you know, don't judge people. And so it can make it very difficult to know when to leave, to know, okay, well, when is it appropriate for me to say this behavior is detrimental to me? 
Um, and it's appropriate to say that, it, like you said, at any point in this juncture, and I appreciate you saying, you don't have to wait. In fact, please don't wait until you're married to go to counseling in your relationship. You definitely need to do that before you get married. That would probably stop some of the marriages that are unhealthy from actually getting to the point of marriage because we're addressing these things and we're seeing these things ahead of time. You know, oftentimes we recognize it's a mistake and now I'm in it. I don't want to be embarrassed. All these folks then came over here and gave me these gifts. Um, and I stood up before God and said these vows. And so it is hard for me to say, okay, this is a mistake that I made. Um, and, and like you said, we don't want to hurt. Grieving is painful. Right, right. Um, well, you know, for me, um, and I, I had I identified this because even in writing my book, you know, happiness loves company. That that was the that was the spectrum that shifted everything for me. Mm. Because people, if they don't if they don't remember or if they don't understand, misery will cause you to be toxic. Mm. And so there are so many, so many levels to misery that people have accepted that. And usually when people accept that, they're, they're going to pull you into it because, you know, that, that's how they become even more toxic. And so that, that entire environment causes you now to uh, respond to the reaction that you're getting from, from other people. And so how many times have, have people really been miserable, but they're trying to make it be something else. And so I tell people even today, happiness is a choice. You gotta, you gotta decide to be happy. And sometimes when you, when you do that, it, it takes you realizing how toxic an environment is and you have, to, you have to get out of it. You have to walk away from it. And you're absolutely right about, like we can get comfortable in the misery. <laughs> Right. We again, we normalize the longer you're in something and we know this is true. If you walk into your house and the garbage needs to be taken out, but you don't take it out right away, you will accommodate to that smell. Over time, you'll get so used to it. You forget. Oh, yeah, I need to take the trash out. The same is true for relationships that are unhealthy. The longer I'm in it, the less I realize how unhealthy it is right. because I've gotten comfortable in it. I've normalized it, which is why it's very important for us to be clear about who we are and what we need going into a relationship, that would probably stop us from dating a lot of people. If we, if we stuck to what we outlined as our guidelines for a healthy relationship and didn't bend them and amend them for people, uh, give special accommodations, then we would likely, as you said, not get any further in that relationship because we would see those flags early on. Um, but you gave a good plug and a nice segue to talk about your book. So go ahead and tell the audience about your book. Well, well, the book Happiness Loves Company, as I said before, it, it really changed the spectrum of life. Uh, not only for me, but but for people who, who have now read the book. Um, it, it, it really teaches you and, and puts you back on a path of self-discovery to love, of loving yourself, knowing your self-worth. Um, operating in your 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 God-given thought process of your life, you know, because one thing about it in this in this particular um, realm of where we are now, we've always thought that we needed somebody to 
make us happy mm. or we can make them happy. And the truth of the matter is nobody can make you happy. You can't make anybody happy. What has to happen is each individual must come to the realization that you are in charge of your own happiness. And whomever you get with, what they should bring to the table is their happiness. And you bring to the table your happiness. From there, we can create an environment of happiness. Mm -hmm. And now we know how to feed off each other. And just say if a person came into your life and then they exited your life. Well, what we usually do is allow them to take everything they may have brought, everything they may have given us, everything they may have uh, helped us become. And when they leave, they take every ounce of that. Mm. Well, now when you, when you understand that you're, you're in charge of your own happiness, if they leave, they can only take what they brought. They can't take your happiness now. Come on, sir. And that's the gist. And that's that's what I'm teaching people now. That's what I want to make sure that we get across to people. Um, and even in the book, there are so many different aspects of what we talk about, so many different uh, points that are made just to empower the person so, so that they know that when I wake up in the morning, um, I'm happy because I know who I am. Mm. I know my purpose. Yeah. I know the path to my destiny. And that's, that's, that's the whole gist of, of the book. And that speaks to me so clear and profoundly because you're talking about being a whole person. Right. And often, as you describe, because we've had these traumatic experiences in our lives, there's holes, there's voids. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking to other people to fill those voids, whether that's for them to pour into us to fill a void or we feel like we're not worthy unless we're doing for other people, we need to pour into them. And that is temporary at best, because as you said, no one can fill you up. Right. You have to fill yourself up through your worth, your purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, I heard you say, finding the thing that is your why. Um, and it's important for you to have that already before you start a relationship. So that is much easier for you. If this doesn't work out, and you alluded to this earlier. We're so fearful of the unknown. Well, if this doesn't work with this person, maybe I won't find someone else. Maybe I'll be alone. Um, there are probably other people out there like this. The devil I know is better than the devil I don't know. Uh, right. right. So why am I going to exchange nothing out here in these streets? So why am I going to exchange what I got now? I'll just deal with it. Uh, and what that does is that diminishes who we are, our worth and our value. Mm -hmm. um, because if I'm whole, then I recognize whether I'm with or not with someone, that doesn't dictate who I am. It doesn't give me my value and my worth. Right. And I we, give we gotta, me that. Yes, we, we got to stop trading. And I'm guilty of it to where, mm -hmm. you know, you desire, you desire compassion. Uh, you, you, want, you, want, you want the companionship of mm -hmm. a person. Mm -hmm. And so you end up trading your purpose for that. You end mm -hmm. up trading mm -hmm. your happiness for companionship. Mm -hmm. And and I just believe at this point where, you, you know, I mean, honestly, we, we have to learn how to, like you said, even tonight's topic, overcome mm -hmm. these particular traits, these particular levels of toxicity. And I just, I think when I, when I think about how 
we allow certain things to just get the best of us, we got to change the spectrum. You know, if I got to be by myself, you know, while well, then I'll be by myself. If if you're not going to value me and, and you know what, it ain't going to take, if I met you today, I'm not going to wait six months down the road for you to value me. Mm. No, you need to value me upon the moment we meet. The moment we meet, we should already be investing in each other uh, to some degree. And the investment doesn't have to be that, you know, uh, I'm investing in you because, you know, I want to make sure I keep you with mm -hmm. me. No, I, I should invest in you because, number one, you're a person, you're a human mm -hmm. being. And so my investment in you, you know, will be twofold. If I invest in you and I, and I, and I, I build you up, and if I ever have the opportunity to marry you, that's that's a dual plus for me, mm -hmm. you know. But I think too many times we 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 have that wait and see approach, mm -hmm. and we allow ourselves to take so much off of people too soon, mm -hmm. and we end up settling for those different levels of toxic situations, and we end up getting stuck in those. And you're correct because, like you said, we don't want to be alone. And so as I, you know, I'm sure all of us have been in the grocery store. You need a particular item for a meal. You go in and the last one is there and it's bruised up or little wilted or dented in some way. But, but because you need it, <laughs> you'll deal with it, right? Like, oh, I don't want to be running around the five other stores. Let me go ahead and grab this dented can. It'll be all right. That is right. the same thing that we can do in relationships in desperation. Yeah. Because I am afraid of being alone. I, because being alone means I have to deal with myself. Yes. And as you said, if I haven't dealt with this trauma, if I haven't addressed these issues in therapy, then my voice is really loud when I'm by myself. Yeah. And, and the, wall, the walls will definitely close in on you. They will. You know, and I think people, people don't realize that they, they start accepting, you know, the toxic stuff. And, and then they wonder why it gets out of hand. And, and all along, it was just because you accepted from the start, you know. And, and like I said, I'm guilty of it. You know, there, when I look back over some of, my, some of my situations, I can say that there were probably, I should have said something at the first moment. Mm -hmm. But because of different levels of, of you going through stuff, you don't want to ruffle nobody's feathers. Right. And you don't want to, you know, I don't want to say we just met or we, we've, we've dated a short time. So I don't want to say something that's going to really touch you at your core mm -hmm. and cause you to run away from me, even though, you know, I would feel like it's my fault. But really, that's that's your fault. That's because, your stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's your stuff. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. you know, that's what we have to overcome. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we do it too. I've, I've done it before. And those allowances over time, because we don't say anything, maybe I don't want to seem like I'm too picky or judgy or, um, and, and especially when maybe you are, like you said, you're lonely, you haven't had a lot of successful dating, maybe for a period. Uh, you got out of a relationship a while ago, you're looking for something. And so that vulnerability sets you up to accept more things because yeah. when we're vulnerable we move away from that plan you can have a strong dating plan going in hey i'm only going to deal with people that treat me in this way 
that are respectful of my boundaries, that offer me these things. And then in that loneliness, that vulnerability, horniness, whatever it may be in that moment that you're dealing with, uh, triggered trauma, um, then I start relaxing those boundaries. And so now I'm allowing people in who should not even have been able to have that conversation past me seeing that flag. Once I saw that flag, I should have ended that conversation then. But I kept going, as you said earlier, well, thinking, well, maybe, you know, everybody's a little nervous. We just meeting each other. Maybe I need to give a person a chance. Let me see across some other settings. And, and you know, and that's the thing. And, and even, you know, I, I think even when people read this book, you know, uh, the title alone grabs them. Mm -hmm. um, but also, as they get deeper into it, they'll discover that me being happy with myself doesn't mean everything is going to go correctly. Come on, doesn't sir. Mean everything is going to work out. Doesn't mean I'm not going to have no bad days. But what, what it does mean, it means I'm happy with me. Mm. I know who I am. I'm at, I'm, I, I have that internal uh, peace and that internal understanding to know who I am. And, and from there, when you, when you have that level of happiness. Yes, sir. Then when you see somebody and they're, 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 they are a very beautiful lady mm -hmm. or you're interested, it now even puts you in a better position to approach them because now I have something to offer them. And it ain't just money. It's not just a nice car, not a house, mm -hmm. but it's something that, you know, perhaps my happiness can, can help them discover their own happiness as well and, and that's that's the benefit of, of where we are even today but but if if i don't if i don't get that piece chances are when something toxic happens like you said i heard it but i didn't hear it right right you know, um and, and some some you know i mean i'm sure for us men you know I mean, if she, if she's just, if she, she fine, I mean, think about it. She, she got, she got Janet's face, Beyonce's body, <laughs> Oprah's mind, you, you know, um, you know, and you're thinking, oh man, I can't, I can't let this go. I, I may never find this again. However, it doesn't matter. And this is what I want to say. And I won't bother that. I don't care how beautiful the person is. I don't care how much money they have. I don't care how, many, how much material stuff you have. When you're toxic, it, it really makes you um, unbearable to be around. And, and I think, you, you know, just me thinking of that, because now, and I'm sure you've heard this before, that people now take the, the being toxic and they start calling people a narcissist. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, some, somewhere it had to start somewhere. And if you, if you, you know, now you, you kept, you keep taking that, that's what it's going to grow into. And I think, like you said, recognizing that happiness is not these material things or this look, uh, you know, early in my dating, um, you, you mentioned the Janet and Beyonce and Oprah, uh, early in my dating, a sister just really likes Chris Webb. Um, so okay. a tall chocolate brother right. uh, with some curly hair and some pretty white teeth was going to get right. me every right. time. Like no substance, no depth, 
to this person. It was just simply about this look, um, right. you know, and then you, you recognize that that's a shell. And you can be a very beautiful looking person and have a very ugly soul. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what happens when people don't have to nurture other characteristics. So if you're just beautiful and you've been beautiful your whole life and mm -hmm. people have constantly told you you were beautiful and they never allowed you to grow in any other areas, you were never encouraged to nurture any other areas, right. then that's the only thing that you will have. So as I've grown, I've learned, I need for someone who had a chance to nurture the other areas. I don't, I don't want to date someone based on what I think they might be, right? Mm -hmm. I tell people all the time, I don't, you don't date potential, you date people. Right. I want to date who they are. And that's what you talked about from day one, who you showed up to be, um, right. how you talked to that person who served us at the table, how you dealt with that person who was picking up the trash how you dealt with that person that drove that Range Rover. Right. There should not be a difference in how you treat people. Right. The game changes now when, you know, when people get married because, you you know, I, I think, I think you know, Steve Harvard talked about the 80-20 rule, um, uh, you, you know, and, and that's, 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 that's dangerous too because sometimes mm -hmm. you end up, you, some people can play by a certain rule until they marry you and say, I do. And that's when, that's when the whole game changed. And so those are the things, because now, you, you know, especially if you get married, you, you're not going to, you, you're not trying to jump out it so soon. So you're going to end up taking some of that stuff, you know, for a while until you discover that, that you don't have to, but you know, I, I think, again, we just have to identify these particular things mm -hmm. and know what, you know, being toxic is. I think a lot of times we can't or we choose not to identify mm -hmm. what is toxic and what's not. Absolutely. And I, you know, I people that watch the podcast uh, know that I will say you must have a dating plan. It is imperative that you have a dating plan, what you are going to deal with, and your non-negotiables, what you won't deal with. And that list doesn't need to be altered simply because of a person's smile or their body or their wallet or their vehicle or their home. Um, and I will encourage people, too, if you are in that trauma, you just got out of something really unhealthy uh, or you recognize like you're not necessarily healthy, take a fast from dating. I believe in relationship sobriety. Sometimes you need to learn how to be by yourself. Mm -hmm. You can appreciate relationships with people when you learn how to have a relationship with yourself. So if you don't want to be with you by yourself, then why would someone else want to be with you? Right. Now, I wish we could just do the old-fashioned adulting. Okay. And that is, you know, if you're not really serious and ready for it, then don't get into it. You know, don't don't go disturbing somebody else's peace, you know, and, and get into it. And then, you know, you're not really committed to the growth that is going to take the work that is going to take. And, you know, there's a lot of brothers out here that that will attract that woman and knowing that they're not trying to settle down. They're not trying to be uh, uh, with that one woman. But, you know, because it's, it's sometimes it's almost like. 
you know, sin if you still got it. Mm. And and those particular things, knowing that, you know, you can't really, you can't really have all of that, but they still try. And and from what I understand now, that women do the same thing. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and you, you know, I mean, I, I wish it would just be to the point to where, hey, just make it simple. If you're not willing to really care for this person in the manner that that they need to be cared for, leave them alone. Now you're really talking grown folks dating now. Yeah, um, but I, I recognize that all of the things that you just talked about that can create toxic relationships. So if I don't communicate in healthy ways, um, I'm not um, a person who is able to be direct in my communication, I'm doing passive things, I'm trying to manipulate, right? I, then I am not very likely going to be honest with somebody about, hey, I'm really just here because I want a sexual relationship, or hey, I'm really just here because I'm trying to fill a gap in the time, I get lonely at night and bored, and I just want somebody to be able to communicate with. Hey, I like to be able to wake up and have messages coming in through the day telling me, you know, good morning or whatever. So it takes a significant level of maturity for a person to be able to say, in this space in my life right now, this is what I can give. Um, and this is what I'm able to handle. Because again, like you said, I don't want to push people away, chase people away. Okay, so let me tell you what I think you want to hear to get you to stay. So in order for you to be able to do that, you have to be a healthy person. Say, hey, right now, I'm just interested in dating, nothing serious. You're not going to change my mind about it. So even though you may be thinking, okay, I hear you, but after you get to know me because I'm so fabulous, I'm going to make you change your mind. No, if a person tells you that's where they are, listen to them and hear, the, hear them. This is also, I think, what contributes to toxic relationships. We are perpetuators of our own victimization. So I'm putting myself in a situation with someone who has told me what their boundaries are, and I keep pushing. Exactly. Their boundaries. Exactly, exactly, exactly. This is good. I, I think, you know, when, when we look at it all together, you know, again, uh, the whole toxic spectrum is people who don't trust each other, you know, and I, I would like to say that I, I tell people now, don't, don't, don't allow nobody to devalue who you are. Yes, sir. Don't, don't allow them, you know, you know, because the moment you do, then you have to become subject to even more of it. And, you you know, as I said before, you have to deal with that head on and you got to be confrontational, you know, because a toxic person is going to be confrontational. And so, you, you know, you just got to you got to confront it to the degree that it will cause you to have an exit out of it. And that's the thing about being able to always be prepared to have an exit strategy. So if a relationship is on it, because as you said, if I haven't practiced it, being able to let things go, then it's going to be hard for me to do it. It's going to be hard for me to have that conversation. I know a lot of people are just avoiding, they ghost the person or um, they try to duck and dodge. Uh, you know, a sister has moved to a different state before uh, to get away from somebody. Um, so, you know, we in our growth, want to be able to say to someone, hey, I appreciate this time. Um, I've realized this is just not a good fit for me. 
And you don't have to give people a lot of explanation. You don't have to go back and forth with people. You don't have to prove or convince, lay out an argument. You are not in a court of law. Uh, you simply state what you need to state and then you leave. Well, one of the significant things that I, I learned and I had friends who, you know, sometimes your friends become your therapists. Mm. And, and um, they would always say to me, they would say, you know, you can't expect you from other people come on sir and you know i i really had to grow to there because i always felt like wait a minute i respect you so why are you disrespecting me i don't talk to you in that tone why are you talking to me in that tone and until i until i had to come to that i had to accept that thing to to know that you got to stop expecting you out of other people. And, and I promise you that, that that helped me now because now I know that whomever I'm dealing with in whatever aspect, you know, if they give me what I give them in a reciprocal manner, awesome. But if they don't, then I have to now, you know, make the necessary adjustment to even know whether this is healthy enough to be around. And that's the thing, because there is no not going to be anyone exactly like us, but they definitely can be respectful and valuing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of different ways to get to the same path. So uh, the way I respect and value you may look a little different than the way you respect and value me, but it still should be respect and value. Exactly. exactly. And, and I do not think that that is too much to ask for. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Pastor Smith, tell people where they can get your book and then also give them some information about your podcast. Uh, my podcast, I, I ended up putting it on hold, just, just kind of, you know, being respectful to some because of some of the stuff that I was dealing with personally. Mm. And so I put it on hold and I wanted to make sure that when we came back, we, we came back, you know, even, even more stronger, uh, more knowledge, you know, uh, a little more understanding of what we want, you know, to promote to people. Because at the end of the day, we're not doing this to badger anybody, making, you know, we're not, this is not a man, men versus women. It's really about us building healthy relationship, becoming whole and healthy. Mm -hmm. And so the, the podcast will be coming back. I'm going to be dropping the uh, initial flyer for everybody to tune in. And uh, we're going to be doing some live events as well. And so definitely want to make sure that I got you on a live panel so we can get you uh, uh, completely in that particular area. And so, um, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, love and relationship live. That's, we want to build that. We want that to uh, become the mantra for people, you know, because here's the deal. You, you don't have to be in a relationship to love somebody because you still know, need to know how to love because you got to know how to love yourself. That's right. And so uh, that's the whole deal that, that we're dealing with on that. Um, also with the book, they can get the book at anthonyjamison.com. Um, also, they can follow me on all social media outlets. and um, Go on and drop those social media outlets for us, of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, 
TikTok. I, I done learned how to TikTok. You TikToking bit. out here? I'm, I'm TikToking out here. Okay, and, okay. Uh, of course, um, uh, LinkedIn as well. And so... Um, What's your you handles? Know, uh, at Anthony Jameson. And so with that, you know, I, I think the book is is really helpful to a lot of people. You know, I've gotten some some awesome reviews from it. Um, it has it has changed the dynamics of some some married couples that that they now realize that you know you stop trying to make somebody happy. Yes. Stop. Stop. Matter of fact, that's not even fair to the other person for you to make me happy that's 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 a lot of weight to carry um and you know i i just want to see people nowadays man living to the best uh potential that they can in their relationship or in their marriage and as i always say love is a beautiful thing it it, it truly is it just you know there's a there's a roadmap to it and there are guidelines that we have to follow to maintain it. It's almost like a car being on the road. You got to keep it on the road. Mm -hmm. You need to make sure you service the car to keep the car, you know, in good condition. And you will arrive to your destination um, as you should. And so that's how we have to look at it in life as well. Absolutely. I like a good uh, car maintenance metaphor uh, because I <laughs> definitely feel like that is very fitting for us and that's a good way for us to close i want to thank you um pastor and author anthony jameson smith for coming on the show today and dropping some knowledge for people about that happiness is a choice yes and happiness loves company too yes thank you so much for the opportunity you are so very welcome everyone look forward to new episodes from tea time with dr tarver dropping for the rest of this month and as we approach the holidays we'll be addressing some of those holiday pitfalls that people can get into when they're interacting with family and loved ones so as always you all take good care and be well good night everyone thank you for joining thank you take care